Yo, 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 Big D back with another episode of the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in Robin, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Swepton Sports YouTube page. You can see all my content. Uploading NFL videos faster than quarterbacks that are touchdown passes. So check them out. Please check out the uh, Big D Podcast for your audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So uh, I think we've – so my next guest we has – when my next guest has been on the podcast with me, she's been in California, she's been overseas, and now she's just up the road from me in Seminole, Florida. So, uh, America's race walking Queen Robin Stevens. So, how's Florida life treating you? <laughs> uh, good. I love it here. I did not know, I was not sure if this California native who at heart is European, but, you know, if I'm going to claim a state, proud Californian, how much I was going to like it here in Florida. And I love it. I don't even like miss California. I love it here. I miss my family, but I love it here. (laughs) Yeah. The only thing, the only thing you don't have in California that you get in Florida is a hurricane. Yeah, true. But we get fires, which is pretty stressful. And uh earthquakes which that i'm used to but the fires the fires are um those are pretty i, I don't know i'm as nervous about the fires as i am hurricanes yep the hurricanes i hear only happens like once a year i was sitting next to a guy on the plane um who moved here from pennsylvania about nine years ago and he was telling me that it just hit we're in a good area in seminal um but that it usually just hits once a year between this month i'm learning i'm trying to know what i need to do for hurricanes um because i don't want to get burned to death but i also don't want to drown it to death so <laughs> are you in a are you in a evacuation zone no no yeah well we all were actually in, in a non-evacuation zone, like 20 something feet above sea level so we we didn't have so we stayed for hurricane Ian. well you're so high up that 20 feet <laughs> yeah compared to the rest of the state where the elevation's like two feet zero yeah yeah I, I think we're three feet here it's like nothing <laughs> yeah but you've got an extra story so that helps yeah yeah a few inches Okay, Ram, so I figured we would talk altitude versus humidity. Now, when now when you've gone all over the world to train, you've trained humidity, you've trained altitude. So for you, what what's the main difference you you have seen between altitude training and humidity training here in Florida? Uh it's quite different um how I approach training now I I definitely made sure I had my fluids with me it's just as important at altitude as it is in high humidity areas but um in altitude you could kind of get away with forgetting to dunk yourself you know with water (laughs) you can have enough for electrolytes and in the first I've been here since August and the first I was here for a week and a half before we went to NACAC in the Bahamas. And that week and a half was enough to get me feeling comfortable in, in humidity, but I've never actually trained a lot in humidity until moving here. 
And that helped NACAC feel like it was actually really comfortable. It felt like California weather to me because it was so hot here. It was like almost like a hundred degrees with 90% humidity that, that week and a half that I was here. And that really taught me to not only have electrolytes on me, but always a spare bottle with ice and water in it to dunk on my head to keep my body temperature down. And then I'm definitely wearing my ice vest more often and uh, a pack for my neck, which is perfect for NACAC because I hadn't been in the habit of using one for like my head. Like I had used it during Tokyo Olympics, uh, a neck bath provided by Newfield, but our decathlon. And um, I had used that, but then I had I had come up with this because uh, hats don't stay on me. They they bounce around. They're uncomfortable. They're distracting. So ice and a cap usually are too big for my head and not comfortable. So I was able to come up with like a way to like Velcro my neck thing cooler like over my head. And it was like a really good solution that helped me in that gag. And that's all because of Florida um, and just being here. But big difference. Um, also, um, you don't get when you first go to altitude, you know, you have to, um, you're going to be sleeping a lot, which I guess I slept a lot here too, the, you know, just from the humidity and exhaust, heat exhaustion, um, where there it's because of depleted oxygen levels. Um, so, I mean, there's, it's just how you, I guess the only difference, there's like similarities, but like the way I approach it is slightly different on how I manage, um, keeping my fluids up and, um, making sure I have everything where I need. I definitely feel, I was not sure how I was going to like humidity. I don't know what it is with Florida. Um, I know I hated the humidity in Texas all the years as a under 20 competitor. When I was running and race walking, we always had our nationals in Texas. I remember like late nineties, early two thousands. And I hated the humidity there. Um, never really affected me competitively just because Sacramento area where I grew up is very hot. Um, but it's dry heat, but I was used to being hot. Um, but a lot of our competitions in race walk, especially, uh, Pan Am's Pan American cup, um, team world team. Um, a lot of ours end up being in the, like in very humid areas. So like Peru and Lazaro. And, um, so then we generally, um, it's not like a place traditionally, like I would be thinking like, oh, it's not going to be a PR place. Like it's all about placing, but I'm probably not going to, it's not a place to like go for a, a personal record or American record or something like that. Um, now I don't really think like that anymore. Now it's like, oh yeah. You know, as soon as I, as you know, like I'm kind of acclimating to here and I'm real, I don't know what it is about the humidity here, but I love it. Um, it hasn't bothered me. Um, I felt like when I was in Peru, humidity made my face puffy and my hair puffy <laughs> and it's not really affecting me here. And I think I know the secret. I think the secret is I have been going to the ocean every single day. I feel more like a stereotypical Californian, how they show us in the movies, because no, people are not going to the beach every day in San Diego. Like we are here at least where, because we're only like eight minutes away and I go every day, some of my trainings there because we don't have mountains. So for mountain sessions to get the agility and in, um, in my muscles and the small muscle areas, which is usually what mountain sessions are for, I use the sand. 
and water resistance and waves of the ocean. I'll go like waist deep or to my knees and I'll try to go through to really, you know, build up the muscles, the hamstrings, the glutes, the um, quads and like stretch out my shin muscles, which will be really good for indoors. Um, so just finding ways to make a flat state <laughs> work. Uh, but I'm also going snorkeling in between for my, my meditation hours and that's almost daily. And so I think the salt, the salt water keeps my hair tamed. So it's not all fuzzy. <laughs> and then I think the humidity, because I'm more, I live in it now, it's not like I'm just here for a race for like a week or a couple of days. Um, I'm making sure I'm, I have all my fluids that I need. And plus I'm cooking pr pretty much all our meals at home. Um, started getting in the habit of that in um, Europe, uh, just the kind of stuff that I like to eat. I mean, I've always cooked my own meals, but these are like more up my style. And um, so I think it's keeping my skin healthy and all of that. And it's all because I'm, I'm trying to see what I can get out of this new environment. As for altitude, though, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm used to going into the 35K, 50K in January with altitude training, at least middle altitude. Uh, that's where I would train in Tehachapi, Mojave area. Um, and then in Spain, that's middle altitude. It's about, it's a little bit, um, just slightly higher than Tehachapi. Uh, so I'm used to middle altitude going into uh, beginning of season. And um, so to address that, I'm looking if anybody wants to help me, because uh, if anyone's been following me, they know that as the number one race walker in the U.S., I am somehow the brokest. <laughs> um, I just because of politics and stuff, I uh, didn't make pretty much any money, but I'm very grateful for grants that I was able to get to keep me afloating. Um, and then the thousand dollars I won in NACAC. Hopefully we get the bonus from Worlds, um, but uh, definitely barely staying afloat. So if anyone has to help me put money towards an altitude tent, Florida is going to be the perfect training area because not only is it going to have me prepared for humidity level, like because Olympics are always humid. Um, world championships are somehow always in a humid place, though I don't think Budapest will be too bad. Um, it's always going to be hot. Uh, so. Now it's like, okay, I'm going to have the humidity, the heat. I'm used to that. I'm used to having to dodge uh, random lightning storms and, <laughs> and I can run in water. So if there's a downpour of water, I now know how to do that because I've been running in the ocean. Um, and then I have the altitude at night, you know, this, the, the live high train low. So the altitude tent will assimilate living high and training low, which I've been reading a lot about, um, uh, really just living and training high is only really good for sprinters or burst sports and for distance runners, it's better just to be living high and training low. So this is actually turning out to be potentially a very perfect training area. Hey, hey next time you run, run in the water, run in the water, think of yourself in like a boat Derek in the movie 10. The what? I don't think like I've seen a boat that. Derek in the movie 10. 10. T-E-N? I think, I, th I don't know if it's number 10 or what it's spelled out 10. Oh, I'm, that's going to be our movie tonight during dinner. <laughs> we usually cook dinner together and then eat it in front of a movie. It's for a relaxation time. So yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. I mean, I have shoes 
that we bought, like like the five toes. <laughs> I I always thought they were like they've come a long way. Um, but I wear those in the in the water uh, so that I don't get like bit by crabs or anything. <laughs> but I like it. I I have never been an ocean person. I mean, I like looking at it, but I've never been someone to get in the ocean. I've always been very scared of water. I can't see um, what's coming at me. So um, Florida has been nice because it's clear. It's like I'm in a tropical area so I can see what's coming at me. Except for right now, it's pretty cloudy because of Hurricane Ian. But um, and then I never really been one to swim, like to enjoy swimming. But Florida's definitely turned me into kind of a not a beach bum because I'm always active. So like a beach bunny because <laughs> uh, I'm always doing something on um, at the ocean now every day, whether I'm in it or like running on the sand or I'm snorkeling and seeing what type of sea life is in the Gulf. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. Like today I had a mountain session, mountain session, which is running on the sand where with the bumps, like where it's really deep and then running in the ocean up to about my knees so that I can get more glute and um, hamstring and, and uh, quad uh, work. Uh, and I try to run in as fast as I can, which is like with the water and the ocean is super slow. <laughs> you know what I found? You know what I found? I mean, I run twice a week, but this bike here gets my quads and hamstrings walking here. I mean, I do 20 minutes on here and full. Oh, like yeah. I, I have a bike here because um, I love uh, Yacinto's program. My coach is amazing. You're never bored. Um, he has so many different types of cross training. Um, especially like my favorite time of the year is, uh, the peak season and preseason, uh, cause preseason, we get to kind of have fun and play, you know, experiment with different we get bikes and, you know, uh, rollerblading and, um, that's more of a, my personal choice and then, uh, swimming and like doing laps instead of going to a boring pool, lap pool, I now do it in the ocean, which, you know, is. I have to compete with the waves and I usually try to go against the waves. Um, I don't know, but I have a bike. I do have a bike here that someone amazing that my fiance works with, let me borrow. And I'm so thankful for it. The only problem is another client of his, let me borrow the trainer, but they needed it back. And so I, I don't have a trainer, so I can't use it here. Um, so I'm waiting to hear back from decathlon. I had asked, I'd hope they would send me one. Um, but they've had some new staffing, so <laughs> we're resolving some, um, paper, a, a paper trail <laughs> issue. <laughs> but yeah, I like yours. Yours is nice. I can see that back there. I have one in Vacaville that I need to get. Um, it's just, we haven't, we drove my car here in August and we can only fit so much in there. And then in November, December, depending on what works with um, Carl George's schedule, um, we're going to be back in California for those months. Um, we're going to rent a, a U-Haul van, and then that way I can hopefully get my bike that I have at my mom's. It's like yours that my sister had gifted me. Um, hopefully I can get that here. If I can get that here, that'd be perfect for the bike issue. <laughs> I've, I've actually found that cross trainers are not good for me because my feet always hurt up. And like this bike, like this bike, I don't really feel anything on here. Oh, good. 
Well, the ocean, you should try it. I don't know how far away you are from the ocean, but you don't no, feel actually, anything in that either, other actually, than sandburns if you don't have the right shoes. Actually, back in the day, I'm not 100%, but I think the ocean, but I think the same amount of calls my stress fracture. Oh, uh, well, did you have shoes? Were you running barefoot? <laughs> Stupid me running barefoot on the beach. Yeah, don't do that. I learned that the hard way in 2016. <laughs> I had my whole foot like got sanded off. <laughs> Actually, I remember one time I was trying to run, catch a pass on the sand and boop, I ate it on the sand. Yeah, but that's the best because you don't get hurt. It's better than the pavement. Oh, yeah. I, I remember hitting the back of the head on the head on the pavement. <laughs> Knocked me out. No fun. Yeah. So, um. I've got a question, maybe not for you, but for somebody like me, mm -hmm. what would be your advice to training at altitude and what would be your advice training in humidity? At altitude, uh, well, it depends how high you're going. You want to start, if you're going like to Peru, like Cusco, um, you want to start low and gradually, you know, like spread that out between like a couple days um, as you go up every few thousand um, feet. But uh, if you're just going to middle altitude, you should be okay. Like the first night you're there, like the first couple nights, um, make sure you get a lot of sleep, um, like eight to 10 hours of sleep, no less than eight hours. And make sure you're drinking a lot of water. And, Otherwise and, you get altitude sickness, right? Yeah, you're gonna get altitude sickness. You're also not gonna adapt as quickly. Um, so like I made the mistake when I went to Colorado, uh, right before worlds this year, uh, I was training with the Spanish team and, but I, because of the, the political mess, um, we didn't know I was going until like a week later. So I didn't get that week advance that the Spanish team had in Colorado. They had three weeks. I only had two weeks. Um, and so I didn't realize that Colorado was double the altitude of um, Guadix in Spain, where, where we trained most of the year. <laughs> so I couldn't figure out why I was so tired. And, and normally I knew, like, I, I usually, am, I'm a big advocate of sleep. Sleep and hydration are so important for recovery and just getting the best out of your training. And I just even eight hours for the first like three nights was just not enough. I needed like 10 to 12 um, because I just felt so draggy. So expect that like when you first get there the first week, you might feel really sluggish depending on how many, how many feet you jump to. Um, and uh, so, yeah, sleep is really important uh, altitude and hydration. You don't want to slack on that whatsoever. Um at least have 120 ounces a day and minimum 64 ounces, but really at altitude and in humidity, you want minimum 120 ounces a day. So just carry around like a 32 ounce and drink four of those a day of electrolytes. And I recommend not something sugary like Gatorade that has nothing but sugar in it. Have something more robust like Pedialyte uh, because that has everything you need in it. Um, to keep everything functioning. Um, and that's for humidity and altitude. Uh, 
I mean, after a couple weeks, you're going to be pretty acclimatized to like a altitude if you do it right and just gradually, you know, for each, I don't know, I'm not an expert in the altitude, but I think it's like every 5,000 feet, two to 5,000 feet, like maybe just plan on um, sleeping <laughs> a little extra. Don't, don't pull all nighters. Don't make it your, don't make your first couple days there, you know, days that you have a, like a lot of stress and work because your body's already going through a lot of stress, partly because, you know, the plane ride or the car ride that you were in. And then all of a sudden at this higher altitude, because it is, you might not realize it, but your body is going through a different stress than it's used to. Um, and then for humidity, just make sure you always have either an ice packs in the in the um, freezer. Uh, if you can't afford an ice vest, uh, you can get them on Amazon. Um, I, I like the the tighter fitting, like the, the Nike one actually fits really. I'm not usually a fan of Nike, but uh, there's fit women the best, <laughs> men and women. But like, if you just order a, a regular one, you could probably get away with ordering whichever you find on Amazon. But for me, I like the ones that like fit tighter because it keeps you um, more cool. And I just keep the, like a, an exchange of bladders. But if you don't have those, then um, just, I've, I've had a nice vest made out of, in Lazaro, made out of, uh, no, in Peru. In Peru, one of the medical staff made me an ice vest out of little Ziploc bags and ice and masking tape and just taped it on. And then it was time, when it was time to get on the starting line, we just ripped all the masking tape off and took it off. But you know, or, you know, stuff it in places. If you have compression shorts for men, you know, like put it in, put the ice in your compression shorts and whatever, if it's really hot and humid, um, especially over like 80, if it's over 85, but the humidity is 70 or higher, you want to make sure you're keeping your body cool for training. Yeah. That's why I run. That's why I'm warm literally at sunrise, because if I run any later, especially in the summertime, I'm dead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I kind of do it on purpose. I, uh, Carl George gets up before like 6am every day. And I did that. Um, I've gotten up with him a few times to do, to meet up with his group and train with them at the same time. And I'm like, Whoa, it is cold. Like 78 actually feels cold. <laughs> and because, but some I'm on, per, sometimes on purpose, I'll train after nine because I want to know, I want to know, I want to train myself to be able to handle the heat uh, because all of our champ our important championships are they just tend to always have humidity and they always put race walk in the middle of the freaking day, especially the women. So <laughs> I just want to be acclimated, you know, like ready for it. Yeah. Why don't they put you, why don't they put you at 7am like the marathon? It's like, why do I have to get up at 3.30 in the morning to watch you race in Tokyo? I know, I know. <laughs> I know it was hard. It was hard on our my family and all of our our support network. <laughs> yeah, it would have been yeah, especially well, it would have been uh, twelve thirty in your neck of the woods. Yeah, but they were in Florida because they came to Orlando. Our fam, like they funded no, I mean for the Olympics. Yeah, for the Olympics, my my family was in Florida. Oh, oh, yeah, because they were all in the uh, at the. Uh, place in, in Orlando yeah yeah they had like a Olympic thing for family because they couldn't go to the Olympics to watch their kid you know um 
they couldn't go to the Olympics to watch us. So Orlando threw something um, for the family. So I'm sure the coffee there. was brewing at 3.30 in the morning. Oh, it was. My mom was on it. My dad, he's like me. He can't go without, if he, you know, I don't need, usually need caffeine to stay awake, but I definitely like having my coffee. And uh, yeah, I know that wherever my dad and mom are, the coffee's sure to be there at that hour. <laughs> so which one do you prefer heat or uh altitude or humidity altitude uh i love altitude i love mountains but i don't know if this altitude tent thing works out if i'm able to um again if anybody wants to help sponsor <laughs> towards it um if i can get that i i could very much love um training here because I got the ocean. So I have like the best of both worlds. I have the humidity. I've got the ocean for my lap swimming and I've got the altitude for training high or living high and training low. <laughs> but I don't know. It's like, I am, I'm still planning on going to, to Spain after indoors um, or whatever works with uh, the timing of like like, you know, la this past year, I went straight to Spain from Oman. Um, I plan to do something similar next year so that I can compete in the world circuit as well without missing um, my prize purse income. <laughs> Nationals here. So. Yeah. And open up a huge can of horns for potentially not being eligible to compete. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Or at least not being told I'm not eligible because I was definitely eligible to compete. It was misunderstanding of not understanding, not knowing their bylaws. You know. If we can get it, we can get a whole bunch of ideas of uh, what's happened with USATF this year, but uh, we'll leave it at that. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's so much. You're only as strong as your weakest link. And I think the issue is mostly with uh, our committee, our race walk committee. Or um, lack so of committee. The what? Or lack of committee. Yeah, the lack of, the lack of, I have some ideas. And um, I think, I think it's time that um, at the national level anyway, um, that's not a volunteer level. So I think we need a resume and a hiring system um, an interview system of those resumes. And so whoever is going to be chair and running and making national decisions for, um, cause I'm a professional. So I want professionals making the decisions along with me. Um, it can't be a volunteer role because a lot of times they don't have the time or the experience or the competence to understand, uh, it's too much of a risk. They don't understand what what they're doing to us professionally when they don't, when they mess up, when they don't understand what they're doing. So we need professionals that know what they're doing. And so I really think the national level needs to be a paid position. It and may, I think in making a more, I think having professionals making a more and making a fairer and more balanced. Yeah, because we're doing work, we're, this is our job. And uh, so to have volunteers making huge decisions, like when I'm doing the work to make sure that I qualify for worlds and then the person who's supposed to submit my name doesn't understand how all that works. So then it potentially screws me for the next three years, um, professionally and financially, 
that's a big issue. That's a huge problem. And it doesn't matter how nice a person is. You still got to be qualified for the job. And this job is not a volunteer position. It is, but it shouldn't be. I mean, association level, that's fine. Youth development, that's fine. And masters, that's fine. But when it's national level, like for world class, that needs to be a paid position and paid committee members. But it needs to be going through a review process, just like when anybody who's in the national office, you know, you have to go get interviewed, you have to be, you know, know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so that professionals are working together, not just a professional relying on a volunteer to understand <laughs> what they're doing when they don't. And usually they're not even people who have competed at the high level, at least not in the race walk Um committee i i need to look into the rest of the other committees but at the race walk committee level um they're usually not people who have been at the who are making the big big decisions there's two problems they either have never been at the elite level so they don't really understand like our current situation and then the there's other people who have been at the elite level but they um need to kind of manipulate things to make things work for them. And so there's not a uh, there's a conflict of interest, which um, puts integrity in question. So there's just too many things that where it's like, no, I really, really think that instead of just a, a voting where everybody's in a big room and half of us are remote because of the pandemic, uh, where you can't even tell if anybody abstains because it's just this big hall. And so really it's not a democratic voting system because, um, I mean, I can go on and on and on. <laughs> it's like too complicated, but I really do think if you're going to have a national level people making decisions, they, that needs to be a paid uh, because I need to get paid. And if they mess up, I don't get paid and I'm doing, I'm putting all the work. I'm doing what I need to do. So I need to be able to rely on the people who are uh, submitting my name. All right, Robin. So thanks for tuning in for Altitude versus Humidity episode. Hopefully all things go well and hopefully 2023 will go well for you with uh, Pan American in uh, Santiago, Chile and the Wolves in Budapest. So we yes, wish you well. thank you. Do you, have, do you have any other questions? <laughs>